Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter toot, or, toot, Kate. or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, If you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Hello and welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I am Kate Spencer. And I am Dori Shafrir. And we are not experts. No, but we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. Friendly reminder, you can visit our website for everything we mention on the show. You can follow us on Twitter at Forever35Pod and Instagram at Forever35Podcast. You can find the Forever 35 Facebook group on Facebook, where the password is serums. You can also shop our curated selection of favorite products at shopmyshelf.us slash forever35. I love it. Um, You can call or text us at 781-591-0390. And you can email us at forever35podcast at gmail.com. (sighs) Ah. Here we are. 
after much technical difficulty, Dory and I have united to record this episode. <laughs> technical difficulty on my end, which is making me feel filled with rage. I feel like this has been, this is like a March 2020 conversation, but I'm having it now. Yeah, basically, Kate's internet is possessed. <laughs> I can't hold a connection, and it's starting to make me feel furious. So if I sound strange, I'm on a different microphone, and I apologize if there if anything sounds weird. I'm having a lot of anxiety over how annoying this has been. But that is not what I'm here to talk about, Dory. Okay. I am here to share a product recommendation. I'm here for it. Okay, so I received, oh, let me first back up. You and I are in this really privileged position where because we record this podcast, people will send us skincare products to try, which was my fantasy when we started this show. I'm not going to lie. I was like, do you think it's someone true. will send us products? And lo and behold, that is what has happened. So I just want to always mention that because you know we get to try stuff without paying for things a lot of the time. And this is one of those items. Someone sent me a bunch of products, you know, it was like a PR box. And there was this thing in the box by a skincare brand I had never heard of, Tammy Fender. Now, have you ever heard of Tammy Fender, Dory? I had never heard of Tammy Fender, no. Okay, well, I believe she's an esthetician and has a, you know, boutique. I don't know what the word is, like a she sees people, an office in Florida, and she has her own line of skincare products. And one of the products that I received from the Tammy Fender line is called Plant Milk. Mm -hmm. And this is essentially almost like it's a, it's kind of a hydrating, nourishing serum that you put on. You could wear it on its own or you put it on before a moisturizer. And it has left my skin feeling, I don't want to say sticky because that's the wrong word that I'm looking for. That makes it sound gross. It's left my skin feeling so dewy and hydrated mm. that it has made it to the top of my product list. This stuff is amazing. Okay. I, 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 t I take this recommendation. I like it. It is, quote, a milky serum made from botanical extracts. Now, milky serum sounds like something you might hear in one of my very steamy romance novels. <laughs> wink, wink. And then he released his milky serum. <laughs> that's so disgusting. <laughs> is but that like, kind yeah, of the vibe you're going for? Okay, yeah. That's okay. kind of what I'm saying. But okay. this stuff is, it's just, I, I put it on after I wash my face and tone, and it like, I can feel it just hydrating my skin, and I can still feel it in my, like my skin just feels nourished and I have such dehydrated kind of dry patches on my cheekbones. Mm. And this combined with a delicious moisturizer, I, I have a Kipris moisturizer that I like. I also have the Dia moisturizer. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's just so wonderfully hydrating in a way that quite honestly, hyaluronic acid products don't do for me. Oh, okay. Okay. Dory, you know how like you're kind of on the fence about vitamin C? Yeah. That's like maybe how I feel about hyaluronic acid. Wow. Okay. Is that a scandalous thing to say? 
No, I mean, you know, everyone's skin reacts differently. We all have our own preferences. Um, I have been using the SkinCeuticals CE Ferulic, which is a vitamin C serum. You pulled out the big baby. You went for like the yes. legend now, of vitamin C. I have to admit, I've been using it on my face, but I have also nightly been using it on the backs of my hands. <gasps> That's right. I remember you doing vitamin C serum on the backs of your hands. Which you is do? Like, I've never uh, talked so, about it. You told us you were putting serums on your hands. But I never said vitamin C. Oh, well, I guess I'm just jumping to conclusions. <laughs> Uh, have you, but are you able, I feel like putting it on your hand is kind of nice because you can look at it all day long. Have you noticed any sort of adjustment in I your mean, skin? My hands do, like the, the backs of my hands do feel quite smooth. I am oh, curious to see if it like fades any of these spots on my hands though. Mm-hmm. Okay. Jury have you noticed anything out. on your face? Like, is it, I mean, I know you just had your lasers. I just had lasers. Like, I feel like it's hard to sort of isolate that, you know? That's fair. That's fair. Now, Kate, I'm also seeing in our document that you have come around to one of my faves. Okay. So I also love this. No, wait, this is different than the one you like, I think. You use antioxidant dew? I thought, I thought you used the more oily kipper nope, serum. This is, this is the exact one that I've talked about. Oh, boy, I'm really, really knocking out of the park today. <laughs> Dory, uh, I also, I've been using this for a while, actually. The Kipris Antioxidant mm-hmm. Dew. This mm-hmm. is more of like a morning hyd- hydrating product, but I've also been putting this on before moisturizer and liking this as well in terms of products that leave my skin feeling refreshed and dewy and hydrated, quite frankly. So I ran out of this because I used I used it all. But I was using okay. it at night. I was using it at night as part of my nighttime routine. Not in the morning. Mm-mm. Okay. But you used it so hardcore that you ran out of it? Yes. Wow. That is an empties. In- Dorious mint, if I mm-hmm. ever did hear one. <laughs> are you going to get, are you going to refill? I think I might actually. Dory. Yeah, I think I might. I know this is big. This is big. Are you still, are you still using your CoQ10 serum? I ran out. Oh, interesting. Are you going to regroup on that? Probably. I just, you know how I get like, I sometimes when I run out of stuff, I'm like, I should really just use up the stuff that I have. I have so much stuff that like, yep. I sometimes I'm just like, oh, unless I really feel like one particular type of item is like really missing in my regimen. I'm like, you know, I'm just going to kind of use what I use. Ultimately, I and I like do I do really believe this but like I I feel like for most people truly the most important thing is sunscreen yeah I agree I think you're right and I think what's I think why that's not always as exciting or titillating is that you're not seeing like quote-unquote results because it's a it's a life's it's a life's work wearing sunscreen this is why like I'm 
I'm baffled by the 20 somethings who are like, go into town on their skin with retinol and stuff. It's like, just, just get good sunscreen. Yeah, I know. I don't, I, I don't know. I definitely did not use a retinol when I was in my 20s. I mean, I, I, I've talked about it here on the show. I didn't really start washing my face until I was like in my third, like, like daily, like making it a thing until I was in my 30s. Hmm. And look um, at you that's now. My, and look at me. I'm literally glowing. Thank you to Tammy <laughs> Fender, a woman who lives in Florida who I had never heard of until her plant milk walked into my life. I'm obsessed wow. with it. I really love it. Yeah, I know. Wow. I know. This is a new one for me. I know. I know. Okay. okay, Dory, enough about me. Just give me a sprinkle of how you've been lately because I do feel like I do feel like you are living a very authentic, an authentic life to who you are and a joyful life. And I'm not going to lie, I'm envious. Interesting. Kate, I love that intro. Thank you so much. Um, well, so I wanted to talk, I wanted to give everyone a, a little update on piano. Yeah, I'm here if for they, this. If they care. Um, I do. So I've been, I've been with my piano teacher for, I, I've sort of lost track of time. I'm like, how long has it been? I don't know. Um, has it been a year? Maybe it's been a year. Um, but you know, we've, I really like him. He's a great teacher. And, um, you know, I feel like I've made actual progress. Okay. Wait, no, I've not been with him for a year. I've been with him since November. So actually not that long. Um, because before that I had a different teacher, but I wanted to start taking, uh, lessons IRL. That was right. why I switched. And that's that's who this person is. That's who this person is. Yes, I take lessons with them IRL. Um anyway, so I had my lesson yesterday and he and he's like he's brought this up sort of in passing a couple times before, but he like he like really brought up getting a real piano. Whoa, really? Yeah. So right now I have a Roland digital piano which like as you know, as non-real pianos go, it's pretty good. Like it has weighted keys and it has a pedal, a real pedal. And like, you know, it's not the exact, it's obviously not the same as playing on a piano, but it is like, it's not bad. It's not playing on like a little Casio keyboard. Yeah. My, my whole family, excluding me, they all take piano lessons, including Anthony, and they all use our digital keyboard. Yeah. Okay. A digital so, piano, whatever it's called. Yeah. So I'm doing classical music. And he was like, I think it would be, it would be really helpful for you to, you know, look into getting a real piano because I feel like you're like at this threshold. And I was like, what threshold? He's like, I think you're at a threshold of like, kind of like moving into a different like level of piano playing. And I was like, huh, okay, well, that's interesting. And he's like, yeah, you know, <laughs> he was like, I don't have any other students who like he was basically like I don't have any other students who for whom this is like a hobby that they take so seriously <laughs> oh wow um I do think it's like confusing to people that I don't do like recitals <laughs> which can I be honest I think is a revolutionary act on your part oh, because you. Well, because we're so used to 
showing off our accomplishments or we like exist in this culture where like accomplishments must be shown off or you must be working towards some sort of goal. And I feel, I truly feel like, and this is why I said I was envious is that like your intention is purely joy and pleasure in this experience, at Mm. least the way I see it as your friend. And I find that really inspiring. Thanks, Kate. Um, So yeah. And then like we talked about the kinds of pieces that I want to work on and (laughs) it was like, I mean, do you want to work on like bigger pieces or do you want to like, we could, we could just kind of stay with like, cause I've been, I've been working on a mix of like shorter stuff and longer stuff. And I was like, yeah, I was like, I have nothing else to do. And then I was like, wait, 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 no, I mean, I do have other things to do. Like I, I work and like, I have stuff to do. I was like, but in terms of piano, I was like, it's not like I'm like working towards like a certificate or a recital. So if like, we're, if like we want to work on like a big complicated piece, like why not? And he was like, Oh, okay. Well, great. (laughs) So how do you feel about his suggestion that a piano is kind of like the next step or a good investment in terms of your practice? Because not only is a piano, like it can be an expensive purchase, like, it also has to go somewhere. Well, yeah. I mean, I think we don't have room for like a baby grand. So like that's not happening. I'd love it if you did. Um, just like plonk it down in the middle of the living room. Um, but, you know, where – because the, the digital piano I have now is like basically – it's smaller, but it's kind. It's in the same family size uh, as an upright piano, so I could put it where my digital piano is right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like they. Although people are always getting rid of pianos, like I think it's not that hard to find a piano. Um, just moving it is like the issue. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely like a. It's a it's an investment, not just in terms of money, but in terms of like a large thing you're bringing into your house and like you need to tune it. And, you know, just like all the piano maintenance is a real thing. Um, but yeah, it was a very interesting conversation and it did kind of just like make me chuckle. That like, yeah, this is just and then I told Matt and he was like. But you, you only play, he's like, you only play for you and your teacher. And I was like, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. That's the thing. It doesn't, like, you can, is he saying, like, you shouldn't get a nice piano or get a piano because it's only for you and this other person? No, that wasn't so much what he was saying. I was also like, you have no leg to stand on because in every (laughs) hobby you have, you buy a thousand things and, like, and I never buy anything. Like I have the same tennis racket since I started playing. And like, since he started playing golf, he's gotten like a thousand clubs. You know what I mean? And so I'm just like, Oh, okay. (laughs) To be clear, Matt has more guitars than anybody I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. So, you know, the fact that like, I am considering getting a piano, I feel like he does not get to push back (laughs) on it. I think it was more, I think it was more this idea of like, I'm on, I'm on the threshold of like another level of piano. Yeah, yeah. In the sense of like, well, not like what's the point, but kind of like, okay. But like, it's kind of like if a tree falls in the forest and no one hears it. It's like, yeah, a little bit, you know? It's so interesting because 
right. Like you're, you're getting better and better. And it's like, but for what, like, not for what I, I see it as like a personal journey and it doesn't have to be for anybody else or for anyone else to hear except you. So like, if you wanted to do it on a beautiful new piano, that it's, it only has to be about you, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you know, pianos are unique among instruments that in the sense that like, they're not, well, I mean, I guess like drums aren't super portable, but like most instruments are portable. Like if you play the violin, you can go off and like play in an orchestra, or play in a mm-hmm. chamber music ensemble or, you know, whatever. Um, I can't just like pick up my piano and go jam, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but you can so with your think, keyboard but I, or your well, digital piano. I can't yeah. actually, it's too big. Um, so, yeah. So I think that that might also be part of it that like, there's no sort of communal element to it. Mm. And like, I get that. And it's interesting because I do feel like there are so many other things that I've picked up in the last couple of years that like do have a communal aspect to them. You know? Yeah, you play but poker, you play tennis. Played mahjong last night. That's right. Well, can I ask a question? And I'm saying this sure. like utterly seriously. I know you're not doing this to like perform a recital piece, but would you ever be in a band? No. Okay, that was my question. Thank you. I would be <laughs> I, <laughs> um I would be in like uh like a chamber music yes thing i'm just imagining you in like this like synth pop cool no 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 see no that's okay. not my that's not what i'm doing Mm-mm. that's not where this is headed i mean i, no, I just this is not where this, this is headed i just think of like you in that necklace is in the 90s and how rocker you are oh yeah 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 no this is not uh, yeah no, i no i think yeah, I think the only thing I would f- I I would feel comfortable doing is like a chamber music ensemble kind of thing. Um because that is the same sort of learning pattern as what I do now. Yeah, and the same style of genre, the same, general genre. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I I just don't and maybe I could have if I if this was like how I was trained or how I think, but like I just don't sit down and like jam. Yeah. Whereas how Matt often, does, and like I think that confuses him <laughs> that I don't. How often do you practice? Um, I would say four to five times a week. Wow, that's amazing! I think that's so cool. Thanks, Kate. Thank you and so much. Are you when your life is super stressful? Like if you have a ton of work, do you, mm-hmm. do you make it a point to stick to, like to continue these practices like your piano or like making poker night or mahjong or, or what have you, because you know that, that you, they fulfill you? I mean, I feel like there's as much as I would like to say like, yes, it, it, it really kind of depends. I mean, there are times when I'm just like so spent that I just can't like, our nanny has been dealing with some family stuff. And so she hasn't, um, there've been some days in the last couple of weeks that she hasn't been able to come. And so on days where like, I'm taking care of Henry and doing work, it's like the, like, I don't want to sit down in front of the piano. 
that makes sense of course you know because yeah it is like it is relaxing it is meditative but it is also like i do really need to focus and mm-hmm. and after those days i'm just so drained that i'm like no well again i find this really i i don't know i just find it really inspiring not like it's not even your commitment to it it's the fact that you've tapped into these things that are meaningful for you Thank you, Kate. I mean, you could too. I'm really struggling with this, actually. Like, you know, the reason I'm kind of like yammering about it because I was literally thinking about you when I saw the show notes and you said piano stuff. And I was like, Dory has has really found things that bring her joy that she sticks to, you know, not like a flash in the pan kind of thing, not a trend. Like you have really found these solid things that I think really fulfill you. And that's why I used the word envious before, because I was like, I am not in a place right now where I feel like I even, oh, this is going to get dark. Like I'm feeling like I deserve that in my life, if that makes sense. Mm. I didn't mean for this to take a turn for the sad but anyway, I just was thinking about it and I, I'm like, what is that for me? And also this is, I just think it's so important and we forget so much in life that those things are truly what sustains us. I don't know. Yeah. This got, this got too deep. I didn't mean to take it down a deep, deep road. No, I mean, we can take it down a deep road. I want, I want you to find that thing. I want you to have that joy. I have a really, I really struggle with giving myself time to have those things in my life because I always, I put so much pressure on myself. Also because my, I mean, I have to get my attention span issues under control first, I think. Like that's, I think that's part of it is because I struggle so much to hold, I hold attention and get stuff done. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to work on that. That might be, you know, you and I in the past have set like larger intentions. And I feel like that would be a good one for me to figure yeah. out. Yeah, for sure. Should I buy you a piano for, for um, your birthday next year? <laughs> would that be really awkward on so many levels? Oh my God. That would be I amazing. Chose I chose it just, for I, you. I open the door and there's just piano movers there. <laughs> They're like, like uh, in that movie, it's the movie once where they're yeah. loading the piano up. Oh, oh, well, I love that. I, I won't even like make a joke about asking to hear you play because it sounds like it's a really sacred practice for you that is just for you. And I just, mm, I'm just loving that. Thank you, Kate. <sighs> well, I don't know what a great segue to talking about our guest is. But I, I was going to say, I, speaking so, of joy. Oh, yes. Yeah, speaking of joy, I did really enjoy talking to our guest. She she was like such a delight. Do you want to share who we got to speak with this week? Kate, I would like nothing more. We got to talk <laughs> to Heidi Gardner. You have probably seen you have probably seen her on Saturday Night Live. I mean, she has some iconic characters, including teen movie reviewer Bailey Gizmert, famous '80s cocaine wife Carla, (laughs) Angel, every boxer's girlfriend, and she trained with the Groundlings Main Company in Los Angeles. And if you are 
kind of at all sort of in the comedy, aware of the comedy world, you know how iconic Groundlings has been um, in terms of like comedy, just period. But a lot of SNL uh, cast members have come from Groundlings. Anyway, um, she is in the new movie Hustle, which is on Netflix. It's an amazing sports drama with Adam Sandler and Queen Latifah. And she has also guest starred on the final season of HBO's Veep. She's been on NBC's Superstore. She was on The Other Two, which is one of Kate and my, oh my favorite, favorite um, shows. And yeah, she's from Kansas City, Missouri. Her birthday is July 27th. She's just like a delightful human, and we had so much fun talking to her. So and like take, so oh, inspiring. Yes, oh, sorry, I just yeah. She was I. We talk about kind of second careers, and you know how to know. I just just this the idea of like, is it too late for me to pursue this thing that I love? Because mm-hmm. she was a hairstylist for ten years. And then yeah. started doing comedy. So it's just really, she's just the coolest. I loved getting to talk to her. So cool. All right. We are going to take a short break. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then we're going to come back. Okay. With Heidi. We'll be here. All right. BRB. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got what? to tell you. Okay. Yeah. This is what's so great about Quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from mm. Quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from Quince. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter or or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices 
and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events. There's weddings. There's nights out. It's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Super Power Short. The Super Power Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that my, thing every day. I do too. Uh, it's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let me let me just tell you why. Yeah, get or, into okay, it. Do you want to tell me why? <laughs> no, no. I was just going to say like, I, I, I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. That's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires. And just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, oh, God, like get this off of me. No, thank <laughs> once you. you. Once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see also, how it could like, be. Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic intelligent people on this podcast. But I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year, I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the US and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So, this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm I hearing mean, those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes. Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to 
become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. Well, we are so excited to have Heidi Gardner here. This is a very, you are our first SNL cast member and I'm very excited. I'm um, honored to be your first. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I don't for know break- that I'm many people's first. <laughs> well, you know what? You're ours, which is it's quite a status symbol, I have to say. <laughs> we always kick all our interviews off uh, by asking our guests about a self-care practice that they have. Um, so is there something that you are doing these days that you would consider kind of a regular practice? You know what I've been doing a lot recently, and this should have been obvious to me because, you know, every time you go to the spa or get your nails done, they have the hot towels that seem like that that you can only get that at a spa or yes. a salon. But lately, when I'm washing my face, I'll use like an oil-based uh, cleanser, and then I'll just run my washcloth under hot water, and then I oh. and then wipe my face. With that, yeah. Oh, that's so and nice. I, yes. And so I, you know, I feel like I'm at the spa. It's this warm compress on my face. And and yes, I don't have the little like microwave heater that they do at, at a salon. <laughs> but I do have a faucet with hot water and I can give myself that self-care. Oh, I love that. Just like bringing a little bit of the spa home. Yes. Yes. Oh, perfect. Um, well, Heidi, we this is this interview is kind of pegged to your um, your role in the new movie Hustle with Adam Sandler, which is this amazing basketball dramedy on Netflix. And I guess we'd just like to hear a little bit about what making the movie for you was like. Um, were there any real highlights? I know you're a basketball fan. Was that kind of part of the appeal of doing the movie? Absolutely. I mean, I have for years been saying, I I want the worlds of comedy and the NBA to somehow come together. <laughs> and, and, and my mind could never really think of anything other than like, I'd love to do like a photo shoot with LeBron James or something. And that's never <laughs> happened. But like, I just didn't know um, how that would ever work out in the world for me. And then Hustle came along and, you know, one of my absolute heroes, Adam Sandler, uh, had told me that uh, about the role and that he he wanted me for the role. And I mean, that was huge. I, I, I think I would have said yes to anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe not anything, but most things. 
that Adam uh, asked me to do. And then the fact that he told me that, yeah, I was going to play one of the owners of the Philadelphia 76ers and that, you know, the movie was going to be stacked with current NBA players, alumni, you know, and basically my character is like a genie bus type mm-hmm. who, you know, I've, I've watched over the years. So it was a dream. I couldn't believe it. And then my first day on set, they got me ready. I'm coming out of hair and makeup. They walked me to the set. And um, like one of the PAs was like, oh, oh, um, she's she's too early for the scene. Like you guys brought her out early. We're still getting all this like uh, game coverage. And, you know, I look out, it's at a gym and it's like... um, Aaron Gordon, Trey Young, Wancho, all playing like an NBA style scrimmage game. And I'm just like in awe, mouth open, but they're like, we'll get you right back to your trailer. Um, we're so sorry we brought you out early. And I was like, hell no. I'm like, I'm watching this game. These are my favorite players. They like had just been in the playoffs like two weeks before. So. Yeah, I just, and they kept on being like, oh my God, I'm so, we're so sorry we're behind. I'm like, I don't care. I don't even care. Honestly, and I really mean this, even if they told me that day, like your part was completely cut, I would have been like, okay, well, thanks for flying me to watch an NBA game and then like get to talk to some players and Adam, like I'm, I promise I'm good. Thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> I, I think it's, I, I was reading a little bit about, you know, you're a fan of the Kansas City Chiefs and you have that amazing Chiefs dress that yes. someone made you. Like, yeah. and, and just being a fan of the NBA and pro sports teams in general is such a part of like joy in our lives that I think we, we haven't discussed that much on our show, even though like, you know, we're both Red Sox fans and married to people who are obsessed with certain sports teams. Is that, I mean, you have a really long-standing love of the NBA in your own life. Um, what does it kind of mean to you? What is, what is like getting swept up in that like pro sports team feeling mean to you? Well, first off, I just want to give a shout out to the girl who made the Chiefs dress. Uh, you it's can so find cool. her on Instagram under shop Franklin J and she's incredible and can make a dress uh, out of anything. But that Chiefs dress is my pride and joy because like you were just asking, sports, for me, ever since I was a little girl, it was kind of the great connector for me. It was comedy and sports with my family, especially. It was like the thing that we all did together. And I actually really credit my mom with making me like a passionate NFL fan and NBA fan. She's from Chicago. So she was a huge Bears fan and uh, Bulls fan. And like growing up a 90s kid and your mom loves the Bulls and there's not a team in Kansas City. And it's like, you know, Jordan, Pippen and Rodman. It was very cool. Um, And then she, once I got into the NFL, uh, she was a travel agent and she she actually did travel for some of the Chiefs players like Derek Thomas and Dale Carter. And so she would know that after every home game, uh, the Chiefs would go to Houston's Bar and Grill on the plaza in Kansas City and have drinks. So like at six, seven years old, she would take me down to Houston, sneak me into the bar area, give me, grab me cocktail napkins and give me her pin and I would go around like asking Chiefs players for autographs and 
And so she really just always kind of like, she taught me about it. And then she supported the love that I had. And it was just always really fun. And, and to this day, I just think sports is a great connector, like, especially if I'm like, a little shy meeting a stranger, like, you know, I might ask them where they're from. And then if they're a fan of that team, and then suddenly we have a conversation going. And then I also find that like on Sundays, when there's an NFL game, it's such a great way to have friends over. You're like entertained by a game, but you're also visiting. There's snacks, it's communal. It's like if every day could be a Super Bowl party, <laughs> that would be a great life. I mean, it's just like, yeah, that's my dream. Um, I wanted to ask you actually about your mom, because I read an interview with you where you talked about how she hosted lingerie parties um, when you were a kid and also, like you said, you know, took you to bars. And and I'm curious how that experience growing up um, has influenced your comedy career. Well, I think my mom is like my ultimate character inspiration for all those reasons. Like, you know, in so many ways I was, she was a single mom and I was along for her ride, you know? So it's like she was being a mom and her kids were most important. And she was a woman in her thirties trying to live her life. And so, yeah, I got, I got taken along to those lingerie parties and, it was like I had seen those on TV or heard about other friends' moms doing like Tupperware parties. Yeah. And so, th- so then she had this group of friends called Girls Night Out Let's Have Fun Club, which to this oh day, God. there's a that t-shirt. It's like incredible. <laughs> and, you know, the the women in the group, there were two Lynn's. One of them was Lynn Starr. There was a Kathy. There, I think it was like two Lynn's, two Kathy's, and Ernie, my mom. And... Girls Night Out, Let's Have Fun Club, they were like, yeah, well, we're not traditional. We don't want to do the Tupperware party. So I remember they would, like a a person, like a lingerie salesperson would come to one of their houses or apartments with a rack of lingerie. And like, as this like young girl, I would see all these like long, like 90s and like the marabou feather kitten heels. And like, you know, my mom's friend, Lynn Starr, which is a kid, that's the coolest name I've ever heard in my life because her last name is Starr with her big like 80s hair, like comes out in like a red negligee and like ostrich feather shoes. And I was just like, well, that's a character. I, I have a character I do sometimes in live yeah. shows. Her name is Lynn Starr uh, because I'm still obsessed with it. Has the real um, Lynn Starr ever seen you do Lynn Starr? <laughs> She hasn't me, and it's it's really I just took the liberty of the name. Like sure, I, sure. I would, yeah. Um, I Lynn Star would be like the actual Lynn Star would be a more crafted, um, like almost honor honorary character. Right, right, right. Um, yes, yes. But yeah, my mom just littered my life with characters. Same with my dad. You know, they were they were very gregarious. They are, um, they definitely were in the eighties and nineties. Just like a gregarious people with like lots of fun friends. And, and like I said, I was just along for the ride and just constantly being like, Oh my God, that's an interesting, <laughs> like my dad, my dad was a, a limo driver. He was a chauffeur and he would pick me up from school in the limo. And I remember a lot of the kids in the grades above me, I was in like fourth grade. They 
they saw me get picked up. And I remember this kid, Scott was like, you rich bitch. And I was like, no, like we're poor. My dad's the driver (laughs) driving the rich people. But sometimes I would get, I would open my door or my dad would open it for me. Chauffeur style. Um, and in the back seat of a limo, it would be all this motley crew of tattoo artists. Like if a tattoo convention was in town, like my dad's friends, like Wes Grimm and Mr. Rosini. And it was just like me at like eight years old and like, just like 10 tattoo artists, just like in the back of a limo. It doesn't sound like very safe for, but you know, my dad's <laughs> like, yeah, we got to go. We got to go drop them off at their hotel or we have to swing by the convention like Wes has to, or, you know, just, it was, it was, it was, it was, um, it was wild. And sometimes I really, um, I really miss that time because even though it was chaotic and crazy, and I think I was exposed to things I shouldn't have, I will say that like my childhood was exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting too. I mean, I think we're a little bit older than you, but not by much. So we all kind of grew up in that same eighties and nineties time where it just, I don't think that would happen anymore. Like parents. No, it's the, the, the culture of parenting has changed so much. And I think you could argue like sometimes for better, sometimes a lot of times for worse. And that, that just sounds like a really exciting, like you said, exciting way to kind of grow up and to see things and to begin to understand the world through your parents. Also sounds like an amazing 1990s childhood to get picked up in a limo it's like yeah. something out of ki- kindergarten cop or something yeah. that just sounds <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire. yeah do you think your parents or just kind of growing up in that space fueled your personal style at all because i really love everything that you wear you know on the snl you know closing or just on red carpets even just like right now i think it's very clear you have a fun colorful like love love of fashion and i know you are a vintage person too so is is that do you think where it kind of came from or is is your personal style something you really developed just on your own i think it i think it definitely came from them i i think back a lot about my mom's closet um when i was a kid or actually just her bedroom you know she had uh, a huge vanity in the top and on top of the vanity were like the vintage perfume bottles with like the squeezy puff mm-hmm, things or whatever. Mm-hmm. She had the first two drawers were like all my grandma's costume jewelry, which was just like the most beautiful when you're that age, costume jewelry is real diamonds, I think. Um, and then she had like vintage hat boxes with hats with veils oh. in it. And then her closet was full of like those like nineties sweetheart cut like velvet mini dresses with gemstones around the bust and like a matching bolero and then like the kitten heels with feathers like her closet was a dream and then I also had like a dad who I remember one day coming home from school walking into the bathroom and the shower curtain I think was taken off and there was a white blazer hanging from the shower curtain rod and uh my dad had two uh cans of neon spray paint and he was just like <laughs> kind of graffitiing Jackson Pollocking his white blazer oh with just like gosh. pinks and greens and I mean to this day I'm like, Dad, do you have that blazer? He was like, No. He's like, I got rid of it when it, you know, didn't fit anymore. I'm like, that blazer was so cool. 
Um, so they definitely like they were into vintage, they were playful, and I think that that is is where I come from too. Oh my god, I love that so much. Yeah, <laughs> the confidence it takes to spray paint your own blazer and then wear it is very admirable in the bathroom. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> On a white tub. I'm like, oh okay. my God. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid 40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad. They're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm, okay. Which is okay. I know. visible on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, OneSkin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like creppiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel, I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here mm -hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving. That sun is coming at us at all times. OneSkin believes the Amen. purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. All right, we are back. Heidi, we, we hear from a lot of listeners who feel like whatever they want to do, it's like too late for them. And, you know, I know you started your career as a hairstylist and pivoted to comedy. I think you were in your late 20s when you started doing ground groundlings. Mm -hmm. um, so we'd love to just kind of hear a little bit about what that pivot was like for you. And if you have any advice for people who kind of want to do something like this, but feel like oh, it's too late. Like I've already kind of gone down this other path. Yeah. I kind of feel like no matter, I, it's so funny because I didn't have any sort of plans of do, doing what I'm doing now. I really didn't. I didn't think there was a path being a kid from Kansas city and never having acted 
but I was obsessed with movies and TV and SNL and pop culture. And I I thought that I was just going to quote movies (laughs) the rest of my life. Like I was like, that's the thing that I do. Um, and, and even when I, I dropped out of college then to, to do hair and, you know, I, I think I was 21 and I was going to school with some girls that were like 18, like who fresh out of high school, right into school for hair and makeup. And I remember at that time thinking I was behind, like, oh God, like if I only would have known a couple of years ago, like, you know, they're going to be so ahead of me. I'm so behind. And I was a baby, you know? And then I really enjoyed my time doing hair. I think I knew that it wasn't a forever thing just because like, I, you know, I, I couldn't see myself like owning my own salon and I had such an amazing mentor and I knew how like she grew and got her salon. So I, I remember being like, Oh, I wonder why I don't like want to do that. Mm. <laughs> but I think the thing, and I have so many friends and family members that are like, yeah, we, we always knew how funny you were, but you were yeah. a hairstylist. You didn't, you know? Um, but I had some like key people that like believed in me that were like, you should take an improv class. You're really funny. Like just do it. And, and even though I thought I had no business doing it, and sometimes when I still don't <laughs> think I have any business and I'm like, yeah, but I didn't go to acting school. And I, and those moments where I'm like, and I feel so behind because these people have this experience and this experience. I'm like, well, I had a different experience. Like mm. all those times with my parents, like, you know, being seven years old at happy hours because my mom wouldn't cook and the people I met, like I was meeting characters or you know, I was the kid who like everyone else asked to do prank phone calls, you know, like I was doing characters. And so it, it was gonna find its way out of me in some way. And for a while, it was just fine, you know, quoting movies and (laughs) being like the expert on like indie type things or, you know, in Kansas City. But I think your true thing, I think you're calling like it's, it's gonna come out somehow. So just like, Mm. let it and like, it doesn't have to, obviously, I got really lucky being where I'm at. But like, I also have to remind myself, like, it doesn't, it didn't have to come out that way. Either, like, it can lead you to so many different things. So at least let it like, have its chance and explore itself, let it out. Um, It deserves that you deserve to give yourself that it's, um, and, you know, I know at Groundlings, they would always tell us, like, you know, if your goal is to be a Groundling, like, you actually, like, shouldn't be here. Like, the odds of that happening are very low, you know? Like, they were just trying to set you up with, like, explore this space in other ways. And so I'm just kind of, like, take the pressure off of, like, anytime I have those, like, big end goals. I know it's good to have goals, but it's like, just take the pressure off and enjoy the journey. Like, cause I, I think that's actually the dream. It's just like all those steps. Those are, that's the really fun part. I mean, SNL is such a competitive, I mean, I, I've heard you talk about this, like the, the process of auditioning is really competitive and emotionally a bit grueling, like the meetings with Lauren and waiting for the meeting and, and all that stuff. And then the once you're at SNL, the schedule is really intense. And I know it's been a little wacky the last few years with COVID, but you all are up and running again this past year. And 
I would love to know, like, how do you take care of yourself both like physically and emotionally during a shooting week? Because the hours are really, you know, late and it's an institution. So you want to honor the process. And there's the, you know, emotion of sketches not getting on or things getting cut at the last minute. How, do you take that in stride? Are there weeks where it's easier than other weeks? Um, what does that look like for you? Well, the first few years of being on the show, I I think you have to just get swept up in it. I, and, and you don't have any other choice. You're just like, this is life now and this rules everything. And the last couple of years, and probably having more time at home because of the pandemic, uh, probably affected this. But I've made a conscious effort that it's like, no matter how swept up in a work week I get, I have to take time for myself so I don't feel like SNL is everything and that it's completely running the show. Like, even sometimes if I get home at 11 o'clock, I will, and that's, you know, not even that late for SNL, but late for dinner, I will force myself to make myself a meal, even if it's just like boiling some pasta and putting a red sauce on it. Cause I'm just like, this is something I'm doing to take care of myself. Just like taking a moment for me, it has nothing to do with work. It just has to do with nourishing me. Um, so I take a lot of little moments like that, or on a Sunday, I will make like a big curry that, you know, will last me a few nights and I'll bring my dinner to work. I'll bring my dinner to work on Saturday. So I have this like nourishing food that I got from home that I know I'll like, you know, there's a, an amazing cafeteria at work, but you know, sometimes it's like, Oh, I don't really want, you know, catfish <laughs> before the show or something, but like I can take care of myself. I can make sure that I have the things that I need. So that's been a really big thing. And then also not even though the hours are very late and I'm happy to stay up as late as I need to, or, you know, be on shoots as late or early as possible. It's also admitting to myself, like I'm a better writer at 11 AM, 11 AM to 4 PM than I am from 11 PM to 4 AM. I just know it. Like, yes, you might get something wild out of me at that time, but I feel better. I'm just more on top of my brain at those hours. So it's, it's also just being like, okay, so I'm also going to write then. And if I get my sketches done, then I'm, I might revise some things at 4am or someone might be like having me take a look at something at 4am. I'm happy to do that. But like, I'm honoring my process rather than being like, oh, I have to be like what I think the cool kid is and like, you know, stay up till six and roll into the table, read like no shower, haven't brushed my teeth. Like I will feel disgusting. Like I have to, mm -hmm. and I'm out there performing and like need to. So I have to take those things to take care of myself. And I do. And I'm really proud of that, that I've, I've made an effort the last couple of years to do that. I feel better. It's an interesting like boundary setting almost because it's not necessarily boundary setting with a, another person, but it's it's, it's like that setting a boundary with work and also yourself in a way. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. And even the, um, and like you were saying about like when a sketch gets on or what, when it doesn't, or like 
there's so much adrenaline in a work week at SNL and there's so many highs and lows that I've also stopped allowing the highs and lows to, I mean, of course, if it's a big high, I want to honor that and celebrate it. But I, if you have a really big high, like a really big low is probably coming too. So it's like, Mm. just to like, try to not ride either wave too much. And, and even like, if you have a great show on a Saturday, it's like, you know, on a Sunday, the brain is curious, the brain wants like more praise. And I learned really early on, like, you want to look for like, who liked the sketch or, and it's like, a million, I've never gotten a million comments, <laughs> a, million good, a million good comments will always be overshadowed by one bad yeah. one. And so it's just not worth it. It's yeah. like, I trust the universe that I went out there and I did my job. If I'm happy with it and I'm my absolute worst critic, then like, then I can settle. And like, if, you know, people I know reach out to me or get to me somehow to tell me that they like something I did, I'm like, that's great. And I'm not going to go seeking validation anywhere else either. And I think that's a really good way to take care of myself because it also just means like okay I trust my gut like I'm okay no matter what (laughs) yeah I I mean that's that's a challenge I think whether or not you're on SNL just in your (laughs) day-to-day life yeah yeah totally yeah yeah so yeah um well Heidi before we wrap we do always like to ask our guests about their skincare routine um so could you share with us what you are using these days? Yes. So, well, I was just traveling and I, I had gotten this um, just like travel kit that I just put in my bag because I was like, oh, this is easy. And it's not necessarily the skincare I usually use. But I will say that I was super impressed by it. Um, the brand's called The Outset. And I was just using their cleanser serum. I think it's a new brand, or at least I didn't know about them. But um, cleanser serum and their moisturizer. And their moisturizer is just like the perfect consistency of like not too thick, not too thin, Mm. not too Mm -hmm. kind of sticky. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. just like it, it also feels like I could put on like seven quarter size amounts and like it wouldn't feel like too much um so i really like that brand um what else have i been doing um you know i don't know if they they do anything that i like putting under (laughs) ipads on under my eyes (laughs) They just feel, uh, they feel good. Um, I'm not sure. Do you, um, at the, after a if, show, like you have so much makeup on, what's the first thing that yes. you do to take it off? Is it a makeup wipe? Is it an oil cleanse? Do you go to bed with your makeup on ever? No. So it's so funny too, because we, we have our makeup done so many different yeah. times during the week, especially on Friday if we're in like a video shoot. And so you'll have this like really like beautiful makeup that usually just says like, you know, a woman about town. Like I would love to keep a professionally made up face all day long. And I feel so bad that, um, 
the makeup artists are always like, do you want to keep it? Or, and I'm like, get it off my face. Or like, yes, I need a, a makeup wipe because it'll just keep getting layered on. And then Saturday keep get, getting layered on. But um, what I do is I'll use like an oil-based cleanser when I get home. I'll do like a pass of that. And my makeup artist, Kim, at the show told me to do that. Like basically a double cleanse. So do the oil and then do like a regular face wash. And um, I can't, I think about it so much when I would go out in my 20s and and not wash my oh, face. Yes. <laughs> like full like lashes and yep. like yeah yeah wow just I can't even imagine I sometimes I'll stay I'll I'll keep like the eye on or something because I'm like oh the next day it might be like smokier and sexier <laughs> and like try to sleep on my back so the lashes won't be affected but but I wash it off for sure oh, well Heidi this has been so lovely to get to talk to you um we know we can see you in Hustle on Netflix, which is out now and is like a huge hit, which is so exciting. Congratulations. And of course, Thank SNL. Um, is there anywhere else that people can find you or that you want any other things you want to share with our listeners? Oh my gosh. You know, I, um, it's not as current right now, but I do a podcast with my brother that's all about kind of like, I don't know if you can tell from this what I've been talking about, but I'm nostalgic and it's called where we were when, and it's my brother and I having guests come on and talk about like our most memorable movie going experiences. Like when we were a child or any part of adolescence, just a certain movie going experience that you have lots of memories around. And Mm. it's been really cool to learn about people that way, their childhoods, into informing who they are now and then also to reconnect with my Aww. older brother that way too that's so, so sweet yeah it's a I yeah it's a feel good oh, i love one. that now i'm thinking about some yeah. real weird movie moments from the 90s that i had so <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, so fun to i talk could do about. yeah i could talk about it all day well um heidi thank yeah. you again we're so glad to have you yeah this was thank so you fun so much You know, Dory, it was really funny. My, we were watching as a family, um, Is It Cake? Which mm, is mm-hmm. such a fun reality show if you have not watched it. And I was asking my kids about the best judges and they were like, the woman from Saturday Night Live that you are going to interview. Cause Heidi's no way. On, I, I, yeah, she's a judge on the show. And I was like, That's oh my God. How, it's amazing to me that like my children know who all these folks are like, it was just very, it was very sweet. And I've been like, I just, I just talked to her. I just had her. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. My kids were slightly impressed. They were slightly, (sighs) slightly wowed by me. Just slightly. (laughs) A little bit. They weren't that impressed. They like went back to just talking about the cake, but. All right. Um, Kate. Yes. Did you read a book not in your alien world? Okay. Well, I read one more book in my alien world. And then I have started a book about orcs, which are like big green monsters. Okay. Um, but I also wanted I also have started uh The Lifestyle by Taylor Hahn, which I am very excited about. 
It's I just dug into it. It's a bit of a retelling of Emma. It explores like swingers. It's just Taylor's really a really great writer and very cool. And this book has a lot of buzz. So I am very excited to dig into that. So yeah, that's my non-alien book. Unless out of nowhere, there's an alien character in the lifestyle or in this book about orcs that I'm reading. Mm. I think I'm on an alien break until the next new book comes out in July. Okay. All right. All right. Look at that. Broadening my horizons. Wow. Yeah. I appreciate it. Um, So, Kate, I was going to watch TV last week. And? Well, I I couldn't wait. And I talked about this on, on an episode a few days ago. Last week? Monday? I don't even remember. But I watched all of Heartstopper in like a second. And I cried with joy because yes, it's just I love oh, them so much. So it's so great. Um, and then I finally started season two of Hacks, which I was behind on. So <gasps> also great. Okay, look at you. Yeah. So I'm just yeah, I'm just moving right along. You are moving and grooving. I know. Look, <laughs> I'm, I'm very moving impressed. and grooving. Um, okay. Well, this week, do you have an intention to share with us? I do. And we are going to be talking about this a little bit more um, in the next few days. But you and I are both going on vacation. And so as anyone who has ever worked at a job and gone on vacation knows, the like week or two before you go on vacation is always so crazy because you're just like trying to get all this stuff done and like make sure everything is like wrapped up before you leave and et cetera, et cetera. So Kate and I have a very hectic couple of weeks coming up. We've really like uh, loaded up the the days with things yeah. in order to hopefully be able to kind of take a yes. break. I think we're, I think we are going to be uh, like really glad we did it, but Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. think it's going to feel a little chaotic for a little while. So my intention is to just not to get overwhelmed. You know what? For the first time, I think I am going to share this intention with you because I haven't, I didn't have an intention for this week and I am prone to to catastrophizing and leading into the overwhelm. And so I am going to also strive for balance this week. Okay. Well, let's also hope that for Sam and Sammy, who are along for this ride with us. <laughs> that they're really <laughs> along for the ride. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, everyone... Thank you so much for listening. Uh, friendly reminder that Forever 35 is hosted and produced by Dora Shapriar and Kate Spencer. It's produced and edited by Sam Junio. Sammy Reed is our project manager. And our network partner is Acast. <laughs>